Hello, everyone. It's Jerry at the Fledge, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 32. We've got a month under our belt, and today we have our great friend, Mirrorboy. You'll also know them as Ezra, and we are going to talk about music, art, uh, top surgery, and all kinds of things today. How are you doing, Ezra? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing great. So let's start out with a little bit about you. Tell us about yourself and about your music and your art and that. Uh, I'm... I'm an Aquarius. I am working on a lot of music right now. I have some out on Spotify and Apple Music under Mirror Boy. And I've been working on an album for like a year now that's in collaboration with my twin, Marshall, and my friend, Matt Waterman. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Marshall was on the show, I guess, a few days ago. I did a rerun of Matt. Yeah. Uh, a couple days or maybe a couple weeks ago so uh what tell us about your let's start with your music i mean i, I know art and music or music is art yeah but uh we'll distinguish them between your drawings and things like that uh let's talk about music what tell us what's your genre i know you guys have <laughs> trouble answering this um, question I, sometimes i always refer to it as electronic erotica um but I think that it could also be fit into like an emo pop or synth pop yeah. um, or new wave type of genre. Um, but I always call it electronic erotica. And do you have a, a theme that you that your songs are about? Um, it's not that not every single song is necessarily under one theme, but I would say that a lot of the inspiration for what I write comes from my experience or the experiences of those around me um and usually like a lesson within that um and it usually turns very visual for me when i'm creating and i've always been very visual um just like a visual learner and everything and it's just it's very intense and psychedelic yeah. you know yeah what's uh What's your favorite part of creating that? Is it the the beats and the sound behind it, or is it the lyrics, or is it both? Um, I enjoy them kind of separately. Um, I really do enjoy both, but my favorite part is usually probably like 80% of the way done is like when I'm really starting to like feel the vibrations and frequencies line up to what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. And those will help like base like will make me feel the same somatic feeling I'm trying to portray. Yeah. And that's what I really just get excited about when I get there. I'm like, oh it's coming. You know? <laughs> so do you have a uh, a journal of lyrics? Um I have a journal um that I write lyrics in. Um sometimes I write my lyrics in my death note. Um and I also do freestyles. Um, it just depends. Like if I have, if I just have to get something off my chest, it's too hard for me to write it down sometimes. So I'll just record one to 10 takes. It just depends. Until you get it someplace you like it. Yeah. 
Um, you said Death Note. Yeah. What is that? Um, it's well, actually, I have a Death Note shirt on. Um, it's an it's my favorite anime, and they have a notebook that's called the Death Note that's from the Shinigami realm, which is Gods of Death, and it falls into the human world, and a guy picks it up, and so then he can see Shinigamis once he's touched it, and he once you write someone's name in it, they die. All right. So uh, you want to go into an anime uh, <laughs> tangent here? Oh, my. could just I have not watched very many full because I've watched Death Note like 17 times. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's switch to art yeah. for a second. Tell us about your art. And we don't have any visuals, so this is all going to be descriptive. Mm -hmm. um, my art, I've been drawing since I was two um, or two and a half. And I started, but my mom taught me how to draw a person really quick. And she's not an artist, but um, so it was just a really funny, simple person. And I started to draw families a lot. Like I wanted to draw groups of boys that were the brothers, groups of girls that were the sisters. And then sometimes the parents and sometimes they were orphans. Yeah, it gets weird. I don't know. There was always an orphan thing there. So, um, and over time, I was just, I just kept drawing, and I really just started to focus on drawing boys or like masculine figures, um, focusing on masculine features and like the boys in my class. And over time, I my art teacher in high school had told me that when you're drawing a face without looking at a reference, you're drawing your own face. And I was like, I always draw boys. <laughs> like I only ever draw boys. And so I just thought that that's so crazy. Like then who am I drawing, you know? And yeah. then over time I realized that I think genuinely I was creating who I am. And that's like my favorite part about art is that it can create you, you mm -hmm. know, and you can recreate yourself through it. See, I've always looked at your, your drawings, especially of the, uh, you draw a similar character every time uh -huh. as a reflection on you, yeah. but it was cyclical, right? You're yeah. a reflection of that as yeah. well, right? You That definitely, my drawings looked like me before I looked like me. That's like the thing, it's wild. Yeah, mm -hmm. I witnessed that, so <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. I've seen that, or I, we watched that happen, Yeah. right? Um, and we did, uh, we learned from your twins, uh, episode last week that, uh, you, you're trans, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know that everybody knows that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's surprising to me when they don't, Yeah, <laughs> but that's true. <laughs> well, you're such a good looking boy. I know. Um, so manly. <laughs> so, um, we got a laugh track today, I guess. <laughs> um, so let's uh let's get in we call it the the queer experience mm -hmm. do you okay with that uh, yeah. phrase uh let's get into the queer experience but leading out of art and music first uh tell us about that um with like i feel like for me art and music were things that had helped me to hide in a way like I could hide behind headphones and then I don't have to be in the world anymore. And I don't have to think about the fact that I'm in the world uncomfortably. And I didn't know why I was so uncomfortable for a long time. 
and I had considered a lot of things. Um, I even started looking into trans men specifically. I was looking at a lot of YouTube timelines of their transitions and just like educating myself on the topic for a long time before I even considered that that could be something I relate to. And I was always like, I like almost relate to this. Like I almost feel the same way. And then when I, whenever I found out, someone told me that they go by they, them pronouns. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I have no idea. And they were like, oh, it's, it's, it's called non-binary and stuff. And I was still like, I don't understand. And then like a week later on Tumblr, um, there was a list of different non-binary genders and it said androgynous, um, feminine slash masculine. And I just loved how simple. And I love the word androgynous um, because I loved androgynous models, female models that would do male modeling to me was so cool, you know? Yeah. And I had come out as pansexual about a month before I found out what non-binary is. And that was the first, when I came out, it was when I realized it, it wasn't, I was not like, I was two and I knew never. And I thought that probably the girls I had crushes on were, I just thought we were great friends and I really cared about them, you know? Yeah. And I would never think that I had a crush on people usually. And so it's kind of bizarre just thinking back on it, but I came out as a lesbian two weeks later and two weeks later I was like, no, I'm not binary. After a year and a half, I decided to go on testosterone um, in order to get my top surgery. And that's when I started identifying as trans and non-binary. And I had met a lot of people after that that were like, I didn't know you could do that. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think about the fact that like, maybe I can't, I don't know, you know? And I was like, I just don't care anymore. Like I was just coming into myself and it just did not matter to me. if anything was allowed, I was going to allow myself to be happy, you know? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's spend a little time on some lessons. Cause there are some old people out there right now, super confused about yeah. what's going on here. And well, not just old people. Um, but a lot of people are transphobic mm -hmm. and you see it. I still see it every day and I'm right. sure you see it more. Yeah. And just some people don't even think that they're some people might not be completely transphobic, but they are so undereducated. Yeah. Know? They just don't know. And there's, there's a lot to learn here. Like oh, yeah. what is, well, how would you define non-binary? I would say non-binary is, it's either a mixture of the binary genders or null gender so it just depends on how the specific individual identifies and i do think that everybody naturally is sort of non-binary which is like kind of controversial to say but that's how i truly feel naturally none of us have all these gendered thoughts or these gendered ideas of what makes us who we are you know yeah and I think people freak out when they think about that continuum, right? You've got female on one side and male on the other side. And, you know, I was born a male. And, you know, if you're saying I'm non-binary, you're saying uh, I like to dress up in dresses. But I don't, you know, they, they try to simplify it so much. Yeah. How, how is it really 
different than that. Because like, for example, like I like how you said, said that because so if you are born male, socialized in socialized male, then you have this one idea and also going back all the way to the world wars, I'm sure way before, it's like men are conditioned by society and their parents and their teachers to not be like not be feminine and to be feminine is to demasculize yourself or they will demask or emasculate you and it's a really it's just like this cycle of shaming people mm -hmm. for being emotional or being whatever they view as weak which is what they think feminine is yeah just absurd <laughs> but <laughs> everyone i'm scared of is female literally <laughs> same um <laughs> so you know that that presents itself as oh boys don't play with dolls and girls don't play football and girls don't do math and boys aren't good at english right yeah and it's really that each individual person has their own everything it's all individual it's what path and what decision do i make once i get to the fork which way do i go which way feels the most me and i'm gonna go there and if that feels right then it feels right and that's the thing i really like about um just even thinking about non-binary as a, like as a gender or multiple genders um because it's like I don't have to be stressed out about being like a man enough or being um, a girl enough, which I do feel that I experience that assumption from other people in social settings and stuff where they're expecting a certain amount of masculinity or a certain amount of femininity from me. <clears throat> And it's all fluid. It could be completely different from day to day, you know? But I think that everybody has feminine and masculine traits. In fact, they do. Right. <laughs> and I think that the traits that you possess, you should be able to embrace instead of having to hide them. You know, I've been friends with lots of boys who would call me in mental health crisis and they would say, well, I couldn't call blank my whoever their boy best friend was because I'm crying and like he was gonna say I'm a pussy or whatever, you know, like, and that is so disturbing because it's not, it's, it's not wrong to be gay, but it's also not gay to like hug your male friend, you know, right. like that is allowed. You can comfort somebody. You but you gotta say it. pause or something afterwards, or, right? Yeah, like no homo. <laughs> <laughs> gotta stay masculine and yeah. my, you know, discomfort and empathy and exactly. love and compassion for people. And it's like that openness that this is the part of me that I felt always within me is like, no matter how I felt about myself, it was my interactions with others and the openness that I had to letting them tell me how they feel about anything, whatever they need to talk about. And because I just really liked to be there yeah. and for them to be able to be vulnerable. And I think that in, if you're not being vulnerable, if you're hiding your vulnerability, you're throwing yourself into shame. 
mm-hmm. or guilt. Um, mostly shame. Yeah. You know? And that doesn't seem too healthy. No, no. That, <laughs> I just wrote a line recently, shame is the mind killer. Like, it yeah. really is. Yeah. It makes it feel mute. What, what do you know about the, so the Native Americans had a third gender. They had male, female, and a third gender. What do you know about that? Um, I don't know a whole lot, but I know that um, there were two spirits, and I was just watching something on this, where there was, and I'm not going to describe this perfectly, but there was a tree that had split, and out, off one side was the male, and off the other side came the female. And this, I, I can't remember the tribe name, um, unfortunately, but I know they came out of that, and with whatever energy was left in that tree came the mixture of the two spirit. And these people were, um, to my understanding, from like um, Native Boy Toy on Instagram, um, whose name is Coyote. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I have seen um, them post a lot about it. Um, and that it's it was like um, a miracle or like something that was valued in even the, the times of like when this was Native America, you know, yeah. like, and that's just um, amazing. It's still Native America. <laughs> well, right, right. Before it was stolen from the Native Americans. <laughs> Colonizers. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about pronouns for a second, and it's going to lead into your battle with Medicaid. All yes. right. But why, why are pronouns so important? Pronouns are important because you always like for queer people to feel safe and secure and just just not some sense of fear or something Mm -hmm. it's like this anxiety it's to affirm their identity and when like it's like the whole thing if um if uh if like your dad is saying something like you're you're acting like a little girl or something to mm-hmm. a little boy and that's not affirming and that's hurtful and it can actually lead to long-term trauma and it's when you don't respect someone enough to consider how they feel when you decide for them that their identity is invalid which you can't do you know but it's still hurtful even if you know that it still is hurtful because for most for most people i would say it takes a long time to get to a point to know but mostly to to say to say this is who i am is such a huge revelation in life that like it's just why would you want to take away someone's light you know yeah i uh well i think it's super important i can't remember if it was you or marshall who asked me to keep putting my pronouns that um, was me, but we probably both said a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I don't just, it, I thought for a moment about that, not just because, it's not just up there because you asked me. Right, it's right, right. up there because, one, I recognize <laughs> it as being important. Two, because I'm trying to affirm the continuum or the spectrum, as Matt has said over here in the comments, that 
I recognize that that does exist and we all fall in the spectrum some way. So to me, it's not just promoting, hey, be nice to my trans friends, but to start accepting we're an analytical society, right? Mm -hmm. You were born with a penis, you're a boy. Mm -hmm. You're born with a vagina, you're a girl. And you see that every day on Facebook and all the other toxic places. But if we were less analytical and a little bit more systems thinkers and thinking about the overall system, we would realize that nothing is black or white, nothing is good or bad. It is a continuum all over the place and getting rid of the duality, you know, God and the devil would do a lot for our society. It creates the divisiveness that we have today. So to me, you are leading the pack or this is one of the things leading into a more enlightened society. Exactly. And it's like, I like that you say, like, without the duality. And it's important, like, like, for example, having them on your Jerry Norris, he, him, it's important that even like someone who identifies as cis is putting that because you're normalizing that for every, for every person. It's not even just for trans people, you know, it's not just for non-binary people. It's for anyone who feels or it's for any, it's for everyone because we all have pronouns that we prefer and it's okay no matter what ones you decide. And it's a way to also put into people's minds that you should ask, or when you introduce yourself, I should say I'm Ezra and I use they, them pronouns in that will give someone else the opportunity to say, Oh, well, I'm so-and-so and I use so-and-so, you know? Yeah. That also makes me think when people when people think about trans and they think about uh, homosexuality or whatever is in the spectrum here, they immediately go to sex. Yes. Yes. And that's not really what percentage of this is about sex. Right. That's I mean, also, I think that that is a ridiculous argument because there have always been intersex people. So how do we explain this then? How do we explain when someone is born with a uterus, but no vaginal canal and, or whatever, you know, there's a million different ways you could be intersex, but how do we explain why that happens? And it's like, I mean, these people have their genitals mutilated at birth with, and then could never be told. So that's a, that's something I think about too. It's just, First of all, whatever is putting us here, mm-hmm. it agrees. And it doesn't want the duality. It doesn't want it to matter. And it's it's all one thing. It's who we all are. I might be talking about something different. I'm okay. talking about intercourse. I'm talking like oh, oh. do you wanna <laughs> did you trans to male because you wanted to have sex with girls? Oh. I mean, was that your motive? No, like I could have done that as a lesbian, but I think that there is affirming things for, I think there's affirming acts for certain people, but really because as a trans person, you're never, no, that's not true. You, you, you won't have the same experience as a cis person for the most part, especially if you are 
in a space where you can be yourself and safely be yourself. But it's about the communication between people, you know? And so I do think it's funny that people think things like that because it's really with anyone, gay, straight or whatever, or trans or cis, with sex, it is about communication and it is about listening and noticing that person's reactions and their how their body and your body feel good are going to be different. And it's all about communicating with each other and learning together, you know? Yeah. And so I think that having, I think that for me, having my gender affirmed outside, just in my life, not, not just in sex, then it's, that is what helped me be comfortable to even want to have sex with anyone because I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed in the same way, okay. or I'll find someone that, you know, will accept my body, which can be healing. That's the best part about the queer experience probably is the understanding between the two, which makes you want to make someone feel special and beautiful. It's about love. It's not about sex. Yeah, exactly. So uh, here, I don't know if this is a personal question. I've never, which bathroom do you use? Oh, that, I like this question actually. So it really depends. And my answer isn't going to be very Aquarius, um, <laughs> but for the most part, I will use the men's restroom. And it, it's bizarre because I would never, ever, ever choose that. I would never choose to use the men's restroom. If I go to a bar, I will only use the women's um, because bar bathrooms can just be hit. But, but you probably are going to a safe bar, right? It's yeah. already... Well, the one we go to, it's just urinals and stall bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like even at Target or something, I yeah. truly would prefer to go into the women's restroom but my, my thought process is always, I don't want to make the women or girls in there uncomfortable. Uh -huh. Like I'm going to walk in there and be like, what the hell? Right. Well, I went to a bar with Raven once and I went into the girls' bathroom with her and everyone was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And we both were just like, I'm gay. And everyone was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, the argument, I don't want them looking at me. Like, I've what never the hell looked, am I? <laughs> I've never gone like that. Like, in, in the girls' bathroom, I'm gonna have to be like, look, like you know, like looking through a stall or something. It's gonna be very noticeable. I'm going to be arrested. It's just crazy to me what people will assume. People are trans for yeah. or something, you know. Like this is what makes someone trans is is a sadistic thing or something. And it's like it's all about someone just wanting to heal. Yeah, that's it. So we've got to we got to pick up the pace a little bit. Uh, I said earlier we would be talking about uh, top surgery and kind of your battle with Medicaid. Yes. Let's jump right into, first of all, what top surgery is, just so make sure everybody knows, and then why it's so important for people. Um, so top surgery, there's a few different procedures, but um, top surgery is um, a double mastectomy. Um, with chest masculinization um, and and nipple grafts um, for those who want it. Um, but the importance of top surgery to me is like it's that is what my gender affirming procedure would be. 
So for gender affirming procedures, the importance of them is that someone does not live in the world wanting, like, like thinking about these affirming surgeries for no reason, first mm -hmm. of all. And there's, it's just that it's been proven that people have dysphoria, gender dysphoria, and the gender dysphoria is a big cause. Um, it, well, it's a, it can lead to suicide. It can lead to mental health crisis over and over and over. And the longer that someone is stuck in on like that uncomfortable state, the more their nervous system is going to be affected and the more their mental health will be affected by that. And so it's basically the importance is like having these people have a long and healthy life. And it's just like with any other medical necessity, it's not cosmetic. I feel a sense, a constant sense for me personally, I'm not saying tra all trans people, for me personally, my dysphoria is so bad that I feel a constant sense of embarrassment. And even though it doesn't have, it doesn't take over everything, I can still be okay and stuff like that. In certain days, it will be a lot harder because I can't think of other things besides the way I'm sitting and how I look, how I'm, how I'm moving and what's being able to be seen by other people, even if it's nothing to me, it doesn't, it's like body dysmorphia mixed. So right. it's like, I think that everything is a lot more inflated, you know? Yeah. And it's pretty much, I mean, it's pretty much for people to just not, it's just for people to feel secure. Yeah. So do you mind if I ask you like, why can't, so for those on uh, that are listening in audio, I cannot look at you and see breasts. Yeah. Right. Why can't I? Um, well, it's <clears throat> because first of all, because I've lost a lot of weight since transitioning. And so the fat is hanging lower. So I have a good illusion going on. Um, but for the most part, I usually use trans tape and I used to use a binder, but I prefer tape. And so I will tape my chest. And so you like pull it over, you tape it around kind of, and it's kind of, it's not supposed to go under your armpits, but it's like on the sides, you know? So your arms are kind of covering it and it will appear to be a flat chest. And the issue with that is just that I'm so happy that they have these, by the way, that they have binders and, that are somewhat accessible at least and somewhat accessible trans tape and the different options that are safe that people can use. Um, but it's, it's not, I mean, it's never going to feel the same as you would feel naturally waking up that way, not having to have any compression um, to make it harder for me to breathe, which so if I have a show and I have to put tape on, it actually makes it a lot harder for me to sing um, and do the things that I love to in the way I want to, you know, or to catch my breath while I'm dancing or right. whatever. And so that's like, it's basically a whole illusion. That's kind of the cool thing about um, transitioning, I think, is find like learning how to morph your body yeah. to everyone else. And you're having a bit of a battle. We're running long, but let's go a little more. Mm -hmm. um, you're having a bit of a battle with getting your insurer to pay for this. Yes. And 
I've been on McLaren Medicaid for six years and I've sent to McLaren, um, I've sent at least four to five letters for top surgery alone. And there's always just so many issues with it. And I would, I had sent a letter to PHP before I was kicked off my parents' insurance. Um, but, and that was denied as well. Um, and it's just always denied or sent back. It needs to be revised. It needs to be more specific. I don't think I can fucking get more specific yeah. than all of these letters. But they pay for this. They're people have successfully Apparently. done this, right? <laughs> Apparently. I just found out for the first time this year, um, a few months ago, after sending in my letter, finally, which is usually like a six month process to get a therapist, get them to know you, get them to have the letter sent. Mm -hmm. And then I call to check on my letter. And then they tell me that, well, you actually, you need two letters because you're on McLaren Medicaid. I've never been told this. That's something that's irritating. They don't tell you what you actually have to do in order for them to cover it. Mm. And it's like this lack of communication and that's irritating. Do you think that that probably comes from a transphobic mentality because there's people out there right now freaking out. What do I have to pay for this for? This isn't important. This isn't whatever. They, yeah. They're not even like that. They'd learn that in school, you know? Right. Uh, it's like if you're, if you're okay with the people and the trans people in your community essentially not making it, then that's what you're asking for essentially is what I would say. Like, I know that's extreme, but that really is what it comes down to is that like these people have been trapped inside something or for lack of a better word, I know that some people don't feel that way, but there are people that do. And that's why it's important that tax dollars go to this or whatever, you know, yeah. like it's because, so would you rather have the, all of these people dead? And if you would do not watch, <laughs> like, <laughs> It's just, yeah, don't watch. Don't I was going to be sarcastic. But, um, so do you mind if I tell you, like, I've got a bump on my arm. Can I relate it to what you said? Because I, it's sort of important yeah. for me to express this. Um, today, while you were talking and you talked about that anxiety, it immediately made me, I've got this bump on my arm that's uh, at first I thought was like a tumor. Uh -huh. And it's just fatty tissue there. But if I don't wear my hoodie, people will look at that and it makes me so damn anxious. And this is just a little harmless bump on my arm. It's right. not, you know, yeah. as big as what you're talking about. But that anxiety I feel, if it were as big as what you're talking about, yeah. I would be writing a lot of songs and doing a lot of art to hide my discomfort. Exactly. And that's, I like that example. I mean, it's not the same thing. I know that. Because like, yeah. if you sit and... That, I mean, it makes sense because it's like having any part of you that the eye is drawn to. And it's, I think of looking your, at yourself in the mirror and the thing that your eye is immediately drawn to is usually what you hate the most, mm. you know, is like, like you're, you're, you have to look, you almost have to look. I have to, I have to accept the reality that it's there, which is a lot of dissociation can go on 
with uh, trans people, maybe with the yeah. bump on your arm. I'm not sure, <laughs> but like you know, I don't like that, it. It makes me anxious. I know that it's that like not wanting. It's it's that wanting to hide feeling. You know, yeah, like, like wanting to Constantly. cover. The, That's my new living. habit is yeah. sitting like that, um, covering it up. So uh, let's wrap this up if that's okay with you. Yeah. Uh, what, what is something that an individual listening or watching could do to support the trans community, the non-binary community better? Um, I think, um, honestly, like when you see people posting like, um, indigenous trans person in need of housing um, or trans person in need of funds for surgery or anything. Please donate. If you have nothing, please share it everywhere. Please help these people because these people, this is a, a something that most, I don't think anybody wants to do. Nobody wants to be on the internet making uh, these fundraisers right for all this money it's because they are not going to have the access to it and that's the only reason and it's because they've probably they either don't have insurance or the insurance keeps denying them and that is the reality i mean i'm 25 i know 16 year olds with top surgery right now you know yeah it's like it's from state to state it's different and it's just please do anything you can be there be a listening ear be a person that will validate them and affirm them. So America is in a health crisis. I love the advice that you just gave. And this is one of the complicated issues within our health crisis that we need to do something about. Because like I always say, we want to be surrounded by healthy, happy, prosperous people. Mm -hmm. And without taking care of everything, the whole spectrum, the whole continuum, that will never come. So thank you for coming on to this yeah. on the show. Thank you for telling your story. Yeah. And thank you for being not only an advocate for yourself, but for an advocate of so many others who are also suffering through some things or uncomfortable, as you said. Love you very much, love Ever, you. Ezra. Love all of you out there. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. See you. <laughs>